0: It's key to change the way you think about the beginning of any new habit. And the best way to do that is to review something that my online pretend best friend, James Clear, taught me and something that I've shared on the podcast before. And that is the difference between goals and systems. Welcome to the Improvement Project, a podcast about being a better human through good habits, challenging yourself, learning from a wide range of experts and celebrating all of the little wins along the way. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada. After 19 years of working with patients to help them take on better habits for health and wellness, as well as a year of personal monthly habit challenges, I've learned how our daily choices impact and ultimately create our lives. So I'm getting intentional about my habits and routines, and I'm hoping to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall your own best self. Today's episode is episode 163 of the Improvement Project podcast. And today I want to talk about the start of a new habit. I know that if you're listening to this, you have at some point thought about or tried to create better habits for yourself. So let's geek out for a minute and go back to grade 9 science, where we learned about Newton's first law of motion. The gist of this law of physics is that unless acted on by an outside force, an object at rest tends to stay at rest, and an object in motion tends to stay in motion. It's called inertia. So I think about a person starting a new habit as an object at rest. Newton says that that person has gotten good at being at rest and they are likely to stay there unless an outside force gets involved. Okay, we're going to come back to this in a second and discuss what that force might be. In contrast, someone who has a habit locked in and they don't have to think about it too much because it's just a part of who they are they are an object in motion and they'll tend to stay that way, according to Newton, unless acted on by an outside force. So once people get good at a habit, inertia keeps them going. It's locked in and it's a part of who they are and they don't have to think about it. They just keep moving. I'll call this habit inertia. Now there's quite a gap between starting day one with a habit and getting to habit inertia. I said before that if you are an object at rest and you want to get moving into a new habit, an outside force of some kind has to get involved. If we extend this metaphor a little more, let's call that outside force a desire or a motivation to change. You want to get going, but you need a little push. Most people at this point will create a goal in their mind of what they want that they don't currently have, and that is enough of a push to get them moving. Now, here's the hard part most people have come this far. They muster enough motivation to do a habit for a few days or maybe a few weeks, but then it inevitably falls off. So they put some effort into getting the object moving, but that object really wants to stay at rest. And it seems like Newton with his wily ways is conspiring with your lizard brain to keep you in the same spot. We've talked about this in the past. Your lizard brain is the oldest part of your brain that only knows the language of safety and reward, and it doesn't like change. So it will fool you into thinking your same old thoughts and just doing what you've always done, and then you'll be likely to stay pretty much stuck in the same place. Does this sound familiar to you? So what's the answer to get past this stuckness and to get moving and enjoy the habit inertia that I mentioned earlier? There are a few things that I think are relevant to solving this puzzle, but let's start with ice. What? Why am I bringing up ice? Okay, so as usual, I want to share a passage from my online pretend best friend, James Clear's book, uh, The Atomic Habits Book, where he talks about what progress is really like And this passage includes ice. Here's what it says. Imagine you have an ice cube sitting on the table in front of you. The room is cold and you can see your breath. It is currently 25 degrees. And that's about minus 4 Celsius for those of you who speak metric. Ever so slowly, the room begins to heat up. 26 degrees, 27, 28 degrees. Now we're at about minus 2 Celsius. The ice cube is still on the table in front of you. 29 degrees, 30 degrees, 31 degrees, and that's about minus 0.5 in Celsius. But still nothing has happened. Then 32 degrees or zero degrees Celsius. The ice begins to melt. A one degree shift seemingly no different from the temperature increases before it has unlocked a huge change. Breakthrough moments are often the result of many previous actions, which build up the potential required to unleash a major change. Habits often appear to make no difference until you cross a critical threshold and unlock a new level of performance. In the early and middle stages of any quest, there is often a valley of disappointment, You expect to make progress in a linear fashion, and it's frustrating how ineffective changes can seem during the first days, weeks, and even months. It doesn't feel like you're going anywhere. This is one of the core reasons why it is so hard to build habits that last. People make a few small changes, fail to see a tangible result, and decide to stop. You might think, I've been running every day for a month, so why can't I see any change in my body? Once this kind of thinking takes over, and this is the kind of thinking that your lizard brain starts to indulge in, it's easy to let good habits fall by the wayside. But in order to make a meaningful difference, habits need to persist long enough to break through this plateau. Now, James Clear calls this the plateau of latent potential. If you find yourself struggling to build a good habit, Or break a bad one, it's not because you have lost your ability to improve. It is often because you have not yet crossed this plateau of latent potential. Complaining about not achieving success despite working hard is like complaining about an ice cube not melting when you heat it from 25 to 31 degrees. Your work is not wasted, it's just being stored. All the action happens at 32 degrees or zero degrees Celsius. So the way that I look at this is that it's key to change the way you think about the beginning of any new habit. And the best way to do that is to review something that my online pretend best friend, James Clear taught me and something that I've shared on the podcast before. And that is the difference between goals and systems. So we talked about this way back in, eight, in episode 81 of the show, which you can go check out if you would like. I shared then, and I'll share again now, this lovely quote by James Clear that will get you into thinking about goals versus systems as you begin to take on a new habit. And here's what it is. You do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Your goal is the desired outcome. Your system is the collection of daily habits that will get you there. This year, spend less time focusing on outcomes and more time focusing on the habits That precede the results. So pretty much every self-improvement guru and self-development book claims that the best way to achieve what we want in life, getting into better shape, building a successful business, relaxing more and worrying less, spending more time with friends and family, is to set specific actionable goals. Now, I personally have set many goals in my life and I've reached some of them and others not so much. And maybe you've experienced this too, Well, as it turns out, my results had very little to do with the goals I set and nearly everything to do with the systems I followed. And I really didn't have a concept of this until I read this this passage in James Clear's book about goals versus systems. So in the book, Atomic Habits, here's how he explains the difference between systems and goals. Goals are the results that you want to achieve. Systems are about the processes that lead to those results. So if you are a coach, your goal might be to win a championship. Your system is the way you recruit players, manage your assistant coaches, and conduct practice. If you are an entrepreneur, your goal might be to build a million-dollar business. Your system is how you test product ideas, hire employees, and run marketing campaigns. If you're a musician, your goal might be to play a new piece Your system is how often you practice, how you break down and tackle difficult measures, and your method for receiving feedback from your instructor. This is the one that I added. If you're looking to eat healthier, exercise and feel and function better as a result, your initial goal might be, as it is for most people, to lose a few pounds. Your system is your grocery and your meal plan, your exercise plan, and your sleep plan. Now, for the interesting question that James poses in his book, If you completely ignored your goals and focused only on your system, would you still succeed? So in the example I gave, if you ignored your goal to lose a few pounds and you focused on the system of healthy meal planning and grocery planning, regular exercise and sleep, would you still get results? I think you would. And also this example I'm using because it's something a lot of people can focus on. And I just want to add a side note. That might be contentious, but here it is. We are culturally obsessed with the goal of losing weight. This is a huge topic that could be its own podcast or series, but the short version is this. Weight loss has a lot of charge for a lot of people because of family influence, diet culture, and how often our value as humans has been reduced in many ways to the bodies we inhabit and what size they happen to be. It's wrapped up in so much complicated BS that it makes it difficult for many people who are trying to get healthier to focus on the right things. So I choose to always encourage my patients and clients to focus on how they feel and how they function as outcomes and also to focus more on the systems that will help you feel better and function better as the outcome instead of just the outcome of losing weight. Anyway, this is just something to think about and is a side note, as I said. So let's go back to James Clear. He gives the example. If you were a basketball coach and you ignored your goal to get a championship win and you focused only on what your team does at practice each day, would you still get results? And he says, I think you would. The goal in any sport is to finish with the best score, but it would be ridiculous to spend the whole game staring at the scoreboard. The only way to actually win is to get better each day. In the words of three-time Super Bowl winner Bill Walsh, The score takes care of itself. The same is true for other areas of life. If you want better results, then forget about setting goals. Focus on your systems instead. So, what do I mean by this? Are goals completely useless? Of course not. Goals are good for setting a direction, but systems are best for making progress. So, if you're having trouble changing your habits, the problem isn't you, the problem is your system. Bad habits repeat themselves again and again, not because you don't want to change, but because you have the wrong system for change. You do not rise to the level of of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. So when you're starting a new habit, you should start by thinking about what system you want to put into place. And when you're coming up with your system I want you to keep in mind the four laws of behavior change, which is a set of rules for creating new habits or breaking bad ones. We talked about this last week, but it's relevant here as you create a system. So, here's what we're gonna do. Whatever it is that your habit might be, and I'll use an example of doing regular exercise, first you wanna make it obvious. So, for the habit of regular exercise, set your clothes out and your shoes out the night before and have everything ready to go first thing in the morning for your exercise. Make it attractive. Make it something you want to do. If you don't like running, don't run. Ride the bicycle instead. If you would rather do a HIIT workout versus um, playing a sport, then that's the thing that's going to make it more attractive for you to exercise regularly. You want to make it easy. So for me, I love a HIIT workout because it's done in under 15 minutes, and I'm already following a plan that somebody else put out for me. So that makes it easy. And you could find whatever that is for your set of exercise to make it easy. And then the fourth thing is make it satisfying. So for me, number one, when the exercise is done, I love it when it's done because I can check the box that I did it and you feel good because you've got endorphins running through your system. So again, make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, make it satisfying. You can use those four laws of behavior change when you start to think about what system can I put into place so that I will be more likely to engage in the habit that I wanna do. I focus on that system and I focus less on the goal. So when you start to think about using a system instead of focusing on the goal, when you start a new habit, you will be much more likely to get through the first few weeks and months and get the habit really locked in. You will have moved the object with the external force that took some planning and focus at the beginning, but you will have moved into habit inertia. The thing that will keep you there in the habit inertia is focusing less on what you are doing and more on who you are being. Now, this is something that I mentioned last week as well, but it's very relevant in this discussion and is worth mentioning again. When you lock in a new habit as part of your identity, you will be much more likely to keep the inertia rocking and have that habit locked in as just who you are. Many habits don't stick because we only focus on the actions themselves. However, your thoughts and beliefs are also habits, which then dictate all of your actions. So let's revisit the example of someone trying to quit smoking. Instead of identifying as an ex-smoker trying to quit, it will be key to start to identify as someone who is healthy and takes good care of themselves. When you begin to identify as someone who is a non-smoker and the inevitable urge for a cigarette comes up, you will be way less likely to indulge in the habit because smoking cigarettes is no longer compatible with who you are. Or if you're working on regular exercise as a habit, you first focus on the system and then you just decide that you are the type of person who doesn't miss workouts, who exercises every day. When you have decided this, it will be the most important piece of shifting your identity and the new habit will align with the new identity and won't leave any room for debate. You just do it because you are the type of person who does that thing. Okay, so to wrap this all up, When you are starting a new habit recognize that you are an object at rest and it'll take an outside force to get you moving now this may take a while so be patient and keep at it remember that all the work you put in at the beginning will eventually pay off even if it doesn't feel like much is happening as you implement changes to your world to get the habit locked in remember the example of ice melting here all the hard work from 25 to 31 degrees is still relevant even though the magic doesn't happen until 32 degrees. Also, remember that once you get yourself moving by pure willpower or desire for change, focus on systems rather than a goal for a certain outcome. The goal will show up regardless if you focus on the system. And last, Remember that doing the habit is important for sure, but it's less important than who you are being. It's less important than deciding to shift your identity into being the type of person who has the new habit locked in and it becomes non-negotiable. Then you are an object in motion and that inertia will carry you to great things. And that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. What new habit are you going to add to your world as you test out some of the strategies that I shared today? Let me know. For questions or comments, send an email to the improvement project at drpeggymalone.com. You can come and say hi on the socials. I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone, Malone, and you can always get my attention by using the hashtag the improvement project. As usual, you'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at the improvement project.com. If this episode was helpful at all for you, please be sure to tell a friend and share it with them. This is the number one way that new listeners find this podcast. So if you found it helpful or entertaining, pass it on. We also have a Facebook group search for the improvement project on Facebook to join our community until next time, my friends stay focused and get after it. Before you go, I just want to share something that may be just what you are looking for to help you get on track with your habits and routines. Most busy women know that they should be doing something different to lock in good habits and routines to take care of themselves. They know that they should get consistent with their healthy habits and self-care. They know they should eat better, drink more water, move their bodies more, and manage their stress better. They know that they would feel better if they created a calm home and working environment, surrounded themselves with people who support their big dreams and goals, and tuned in to being grateful for it all every day. Despite knowing this, they often just don't do anything about it. They just keep doing what they have been doing. How about you? Are you ready to get some help and get your good, healthy habits on track by finally doing something about it? Well, I can help. If you've been part of my world for the long haul, you may remember that back in 2013, I worked with clients one-on-one in a coaching program to help them get consistent with their health and self-care habits. This one-on-one coaching program helped people like you in making better choices for their habits and routines, as well as keeping them accountable to those new choices. And as you might've already heard in the last couple of weeks, I'm bringing it back. I still have a couple of spots left, and I'm looking to work with you over 12 weeks to decrease procrastination and decision fatigue and increase consistency, self-awareness, and productivity. We will work together on your habits, challenges, and help you to take control of your health and happiness. It's time to say yes to your needs more often and say no to everything else that does not serve you. If you would like to work with me in this 12-week one-on-one life-changing habits accountability coaching, or if you would like more information, send me a DM on Instagram or send me an email to Peggy at drpeggymalone.com, and I'll send you all the details and help you get on track to be your happiest and healthiest and overall best version of you. Let's get after it.